podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another Wisdom Cricket Ashes Daily podcast at the end of day two on the, of the women's test match at Trent Bridge. It's been a brilliant day to bat with over 450 runs being scored. England finished the day on 218 for two after Australia were bowled out for 473. I'm Katia Whitney and I'm joined by Mel Farrell. Mel, we had two new test centurions today. How well did Annabelle Sutherland bat first of all? Oh, she battered brilliantly. I mean, it really, it really sums up the phrase embarrassment of riches when you have Annabelle Sutherland coming in at number eight. And of course she, she scored a century in the warm up match. And funnily enough, I saw her dad, James Sutherland, the former CEO of Cricket Australia, just not long after she, she got the century out the back. And, and he told me that, that, uh, after she scored that century, Shelley Nitschke, the Australian coach said to her, Yes, yes, your century hasn't gone unnoticed, but you're batting at eight next week. So, <laughs> and she sort of rolled her eyes and was a bit like, oh, what do, what do I have to do to get up the order? But she made it count. Uh, and, and I thought the pacing of her innings was what was really noticeable. She took her time getting in. She scored almost double the rate for the second part of that century. Uh, she did the first part and, and that was, I thought really smart and mature batting for someone who's only 21 years old and doesn't get to play test cricket very often. She chose the times to get in even at the start of play today and we were just listening to her and asking her about it in the press conference. She said it was, she just decided to wait until she got the pace of the pitch and then once she did, she capitalised and they were incredibly important runs for Australia uh, late on in that because it is good for batting here. We saw today uh, again from England, so a, a good day to battle round and led by Annabelle Sutherland, you know, Australia really made the most of it. Mm, well, she was brilliant. Um, and incidentally, her innings was the highest score by a number eight in women's test match history. Um, I don't think you get many better displays of batting with the tail. Um, it was also the fastest century by Australia in women's test. And as you said, she paced it brilliantly. Yesterday on the podcast, I joked we might be talking about an Annabelle Sutherland double century at the end of play today. And at one point, I thought that was a genuine possibility. Moving on to England's bowling, Sophie Eccleston completed her maiden test match five for today. She bowled over 46 overs in Australia's innings. That was one hell of a shift. It was. Her durability. Do you know what? She hasn't done a press conference yet because what I want to ask her is what Jonathan Liu uh, brilliantly asked uh, Nathan Lyon about at Edgebaston last week uh, about, you know, if he if he actually puts anything on his fingers. And uh, I don't want to know what Sophie Eccleston does in her hotel room as any more than I want to know what Nathan Lyon does. But it, it just just highlights what an incredible effort that is from her to being able to do that and the way she tied up an end but but not just tied up an end it was almost like England's bowling was all centered around Sophie Eccleston and what she was able to do and she was so economical she was so consistent uh, she didn't bowl many bad balls at all uh, and and I think you know she really held things together when without her you know I don't don't like to think what might have happened so we might see a couple of the others like Emma Lamb and, and Sophia Dunkley perhaps join her bowl more if this pitch breaks up a little bit but she's she is a spinner for all conditions and 
all formats of the game and and all game situations it feels like that's the yeah, the, the all-round abilities of, of Sophie Eccleston. She's so class. She's just all class. And when you talk about, and I know we're going to talk about Tammy as well, but we've, we've had three women are going on the honours board uh, here at Trent Bridge where you have first, first test played, all of that kind of thing, a, a ground with such an incredibly rich history. And I was going through the, the list of test centurions and and five wicket halls uh, that are up on the the board here and their names like Donald Bradman, Dennis Lilly, Ian Botham, uh, Virat Kohli. You, you go through uh, all the players, Brian Lara, Viv Richards, and they, you go on and on and it's just incredible to see, to know that these three women, first of all, will be the first ones to go up on there and uh, apparently Chris Broad who's obviously the the CEO here sent James Sutherland a text message uh, after she got the century to just say well just so you know your daughter's the first woman who's ever going to go up on on the honours board here at Trent Bridge and I just thought that was beautiful. Mm. Well from Larwood to Eccleston's going to make a great headline one day. (laughs) Um, Yeah I think when the side was selected it looked like it was going to be a lot to ask Eccleston particularly when you think Australia have got Ash Gardner uh, and Alana King to get through um, their overs but Eccleston managed it absolutely brilliantly and it shows just how integral she is to England's side that without her they wouldn't be able to achieve so much of what they have achieved over the past five years that she's been playing for them. When England did finally get the chance to bat as you said it's Tammy Beaumont who got her maiden test century right at the end of the day thought she might have to go into the end of play overnight on 99 uh, maybe doing Elise Perry tomorrow but that means she now has hundreds in all three formats for England what impressed you most about her innings? I just, I don't, I just, just her steadfastness, I, I guess, out there. She played anything, anytime she had width, she was able to, to put it away. Um, she, she, I thought, paced her innings really well, uh, didn't get flustered when other wickets were falling. Uh, she, she was just a, had that great partnership with Heather Knight. They're a good foil for each other. She's someone, you know, I've always felt like, the longer the format, the better she is as well. Uh, she likes to, to be aggressive. She was sort of saying it, it, she likes bat pace coming onto the ball. And that was, that was a key for her because Australia, you know, they were finding some movement, particularly, you know, Darcy Brown was bowling really quite express pace out there. And Kim Garth at the other end, there was a real difference in the pace, but she was getting movement as well. So I think that just brought out Tammy Beaumont's strength because she loves to face that that kind of pace. The harder the ball is, she's played so much boys and men's cricket that that she's used to that. So so just just thought the way that she paced it, the way that she took on uh the the new ball bowling was particularly impressive. Um her poker face when the ball hit her foot, which she admitted she knew it had hit a foot, but she said she didn't know whether it hit, hit the the uh the ground at the same time. So, you know, fair enough. She if she's got a good poker face, she should really use it. Uh, but I, I just thought that was class from start to finish from her. And, uh, I, I, you know, when you talk about her, uh, getting, getting there at the end of the day, which you just, just asked her then about, about that, because it was actually looked like a quite tight two. And there, there were a lot of people holding their breath around, around here. It was a real scramble. And I can imagine she wouldn't have wanted to have stayed 
in the 90s overnight. No one wants to do that, really. So uh, that, that was uh, a pretty entertaining way for her to, to come up with the 100. But we'll see how she goes goes tomorrow. Mm, and, and she wouldn't have got many better opportunities to do it than on this pitch. It's, it's really doing nothing, isn't it? We, we spoke earlier about what Australia's best chance of, of forcing a result might be. How do you see that going tomorrow? Well, so it's setting up the game quite interestingly isn't it because it has been difficult and this is the first time too by the way that England have bowled out Australia in a test match in 10 years so with other test matches Australia have been declaring and declaring there's been so much debate in the past about you know where Meg Lanning's uh, or Matthew Mott's decisions are, are in charge of of you know, when to declare, were they too conservative, not wanting to make a game of it, perhaps? And that's absolutely their right. But that has been a talking point in the past. It's going to be quite fascinating for me to see if England can get to somewhere around parity, say, uh, and we're in the third day, two days left. Everyone has said, you know, we've now got a five-day test. We want a result. What will Australia be able to do and and if they're in a position where they can declare in that third innings, how aggressive will Elisa Healy do? So we've got a, a brilliant match um, set up, really. Um, and as long as we don't have any interference from bees, and I'm I'm mentioning bees because uh, for those listening, we are just sat sat uh, sort of near the Radcliffe Road end here at Trent Bridge, and they've got the nets over here just behind the LED screens and, and Toblerone that encircle the ground. Uh, Queen Bee arrived early this morning and set up shop in the nets and there's now a hive there and Trent Bridge have had to call in the beekeeper because it's turned into a massive hive and he's smoking the bees and it's only about oh, 15 metres away from where Katya and I are sitting now and they're, they're starting to buzz around a bit. Yeah, well, risking life and limb to bring you your Ashes Daily <laughs> podcast today. Um, hopefully they can clear off by tomorrow. Uh, I guess if England do manage to get near parity and the pitch starts to break up, there is a chance that Eccleston, King, Gardner can run through a side. And that's maybe where John Lewis's John Ball, Hevball, Trevball, whatever you want to call it, comes into play. They, they really talk the walk, talk, and now they're going to have to walk the walk, right, with the side they picked. Oh, absolutely. And it, I mean, at this, at this point in the game, I mean, we're, we're two days in. It, it really feels to me like anything is possible. I mean, yeah, okay, it's not, it's not doing much now in the way of spin, but you, you wouldn't expect it to on, on day two. And there's usually a lot of runs in, here at Trent Bridge. Um, if you get in, then you can cash in. And, and we've seen that from, you know, from a few players, uh, so far in this test. So it's, Probably a bit early to to make too many predictions. Who knows what the pitch will do? Uh, I hope it does break up a bit because I would love to see some wickets tumbling. I would love to see it get harder to bat, and I, I would love to see right. What, what what are you actually made of? What what are you prepared to do in this test match? So, all in all, I think they've both scored at terrific rates as well. The the run rates have been really good in this test match and we finally had a fresh pitch as well uh so there's there's been a, a bit 
for the batters. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see now as this match progresses into the third, fourth, fifth day for there to be just as much in it for the bowlers because I think that'll make it really exciting. Mm. Well, will England be able to get near parity? We'll find out tomorrow on day three of the Women's Ashes Test. That's it from us today. Cheers, Mel. We'll be back tomorrow at the close of play to run through everything from day three. <laughs> look out, Katja! Look out! The bees are coming! The killer bees! <laughs> Podcast Network.